Well, let's just do this first. Our scripture can be found this morning, 1 Kings 17. Uh, that'll give him some more time to see if he can get the sound. There's always some kind of technical difficulty. But 1 Kings 17, uh, beginning with the seventh verse, which you found it, if you could, could please stand for the reading of God's word. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath, the region of Sidon, and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink. As she was going to get it, he called, bring me, please, a piece of bread. Surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar, a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself, my son, that we may eat and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. Then make something for yourself and your son. But this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up. The jug, the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain the land. She went away and did as Elijah told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry, keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. May the Lord add a blessing to the reader and hearers of this written word. We should never quit. Even when it seems like our options are limited, we still have an abundance of options available to us. We just must exercise. I've been preaching this series on living in balance, living in balance. This week, I want to continue with that, and what I want to look at, put a subject on this, a tag on this, and that's balancing your options. Balancing your options. Far too often we feel like we have limited options, when I truly believe that we have more options than we think. You have the option, she had the option to quit, she had someone behind her saying, no, keep going. We really have the tendency to limit ourselves. Far too often, we live in a world of thinking that there are only two options. Where it's either yes or no. 
I do or I don't stop or go, black or white, when we limit possibility, we limit our options. And in the text this morning, this mother felt that she had no other option but to die. Far too often we once again give up when we shouldn't. We feel like our options are limited and we don't continue to pursue things because we feel like we have no other option but to quit or stop. In her mind, this woman's mind, it was having enough food or dying. That seemed to be what she has concluded. Since I don't have enough of food for me and my son, then inevitably I'm going to die. That's my option. That's my option. I would like to know what do we kill off because we simply can't see any other option. That's the question I'm really raising this morning. What have you killed off simply because you didn't see another option? What dream <laughs> did you kill off because you couldn't see beyond the nightmare of what you were experiencing? Come on, I can get an amen from somebody in here. What hope have you killed because you encountered some despair? What marriage have you killed? Because you couldn't get through one crisis. Oh yeah, I don't want to say amen. amen. We kill some things simply because we encounter friction and we far too often think there is no other option. I look at that video It reminds me of the fact that, in spite of the fact that she lost the first time, that she lost the second time, she lost the third time, she lost the fourth time, she lost the fifth time, and even lost the sixth time, but still went on to win Miss USA. Because I believe that she looked beyond and saw that the option to quit, this woman who motivated, told her and explained and kept continuously encouraging her to let her know that the no's and the failures are not an option to stop the journey. One that believed in her. This woman would not allow her to lose the losses to dictate what she believed. She believed that she was a winner and that failure was not the final option. Let me say that again, that failure was not the final option. Our failure should never dictate and should never become our only option can't be driven by yes or no, but rather by, the, by what God has predestined in our lives. 
we will hear yes or no, but we, we, but we, but what we accomplish in life has to be greater than that. Destiny is tied to some yeses and some noes. Some maybe I don't know. Sometimes some uh, of what our destiny is tied to is God I believe but help my unbelief. Sometimes it's I don't agree but I'm going to do it anyway God. Can't see it but I still believe in it. Our destiny is tied to so many different layers and so many different things it's never just yes or no one way or this way when we're on this journey with God God can do amazing things and will take us to some amazing places but we must trust God in the process we always have options we just need to see them and believe in them and oftentimes I believe that's just it. We need to believe in order to see them. Hate when I go to buy a car and the salesperson makes me believe that buying from him or that dealership is my only option. Don't you hate that when you sit down with someone and they think that their, their deal is, is, is the only deal? Most of the time, I'll get up right then and there. If you're trying to sell me something that, and you're trying to make, and make me believe that you're doing me a favor, you're not doing me a favor. I'm spending my own money. That's not my only option. But it's amazing how in this world, we live in a world that wants to reduce your options. They, the world wants you to believe that they're the only answer. You know, you go to get a mortgage from a house and the banker wants you to believe that only you can only, I'm the only person that's going to give you a mortgage. <coughs> and sometimes it's even people in our lives. You, you ain't going to get nobody better than me. You might as well accept what I dish out. <laughs> I'm your only option. Therefore, God, that, that, that really perpetuate that and make you believe that they're your only option. Far too many people end up in relationships and bad relationships simply because they believe they have what? No other option. No other option. There's always more than one or two options. Always more than one or two options. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. More abundantly. The option wasn't just to live, church, but to live more abundantly. Jesus expanded the what? The options. We must take the limits off. We choose to live. Sometimes we choose just to live when Jesus is saying there is more. Amen. Scripture actually doesn't stop there because I love it. It says uh, sometimes we just want, it's not just more, but it's what? More abundantly. 
I don't know about you, but I want to get everything out of this life that I'm supposed to get. Not just a little, but I want it all. I want everything God has in store for me. I want to live the abundant life, the more abundant life. I don't want to, I'm, I'm not satisfied with just existing. Because I already know he's spoken something over my life that says that I can live what more abundantly. So that's what I'm looking for. So my option isn't just to live, but it's to live more abundantly. But I want to reach the maximum of what God has for me. There are always more options. We live out of abundant, abundant options. You have to believe in, in abundance in order to see it. Elijah has this widow take inventory. I want you to see this. She takes, he has her take inventory. He asked her, what do you have in your house? What's in your house? In other words, he, he expanded the possibilities by looking at what she had, causing her to look and examine what, in terms of examining what was in her possession. We have to take inventory. You always have options. Bible says, seek and you will find. There truly is hidden treasure all around you. Yeah, some of y'all don't believe that. Huh? That all around you there's hidden treasure. But far too often we want God to just give us everything. And that's why I love the text. The text says that Elijah said, what do you have? Elijah had the power to just do for her. But Elijah starts off, what do you have? Are you using what you have? Have you taken inventory of your possessions? Sometimes you have to. God wants us to take inventory of how he's already blessed us. Matter of fact, some folk, you're on the next blessing and asking him for the next blessing, but you haven't used the last blessing that he blessed you with. But, and so therefore, matter of fact, you've taken the last blessing and put it in storage somewhere rather than using it. And now you're asking him for something else. But sometimes we have to take inventory of what God has already given us. We need to take inventory. So Elijah asked her, what, what is it that you have? What are you willing to do to see your own options? When we seek options, we can discover opportunity. When we seek out our options, we can discover opportunity. And your opportunity is always in your expanded options. There are always more options, but we have to seek. I'm reminded of Zacchaeus running up the tree just to see Jesus. He wanted to see so, Jesus so bad that he was willing to what? Run up a tree. 
What are you willing to do to see your options? Jesus is always an option. Question is, do you see him this morning? Sometimes you need to exercise the option of what running up a tree just to see him. Uh, Elijah helped this sister see the potential in what she possessed. Really wasn't about the flower and the olive oil. Really was not about that flower and that olive oil. It was about her and what she could do with the flower and the olive oil. Sometimes we become so polarized with what we have that we don't see the options of what we can do with what we have. Real potential was in her, not in the flower and the oil. Let me say that again. The real potential was in her, not in the flower, flower and the oil. It was her. George Washington Carver's Black History Month and every, every this past, all of these sermons, I've tried to incorporate something in here that pertains to an individual. I think last week I brought up Benjamin Mays and this week I'm bringing up George Washington Carver. George Washington Carver took a peanut. A peanut. And out of a peanut, he produced and, and created 300 products yeah. out of a peanut. Yeah. Yeah. Out of a peanut. Yeah. 300 products out of a peanut. These included flour. We're preaching a little bit about flour today. Just to name a few, flour, paste, Insulation, paper, wildwood, wood stain, soap, shaving cream, skin lotion. He experimented with medicine out of a peanut. He created 300 products out of a peanut, a simple peanut. And so in a real sense, not, not only was the potential in the peanut, but I need you to see this, but the potential was also what? In the man who knew what to do with the peanut. And so the real potential is always living, breathing on the inside of you. You always have options. It's just what you do with the little bit that you have. The real potential is always on the inside of you. Sometimes we may get down to peanuts in life. But we still have the potential to do some powerful things with the peanuts we have.